Before we get started, just wanted to say thanks for tuning in. If you have any questions or feedback, you can contact us at the Pastor and the Witch Podcast at gmail.com. And we also have a new website at thepastorandthewitch.com. Thanks a lot. to the second episode of the Pastor and the Witch podcast, recorded in Muncie, Indiana, with my wife, Jordan Butler, and myself, Grant, and my husband, and my husband, Grant. <laughs> so this is technically the second episode, but it's really going to be the first where we start to get into a little bit more than just what we're going to be talking about on this podcast. The first episode was only like, what, 10 or 12 minutes, babe? Yeah, I don't even think it was that long. Yeah. So if you didn't listen to that, I recommend going back and listening to that. But if you're too lazy to do that, basically this podcast is going to be uh, just kind of like our journey. And it's going to be something of healing for us. Um, Some of the things that we've encountered, um, us both having pretty drastically different beliefs, um, but also at the same time some very close similarities. Um, And in that, we're going to tell our experiences and we're going to point out some of the highs and the lows and just kind of, as we get going, we're going to bring in some guests on this podcast and really uh, start to kind of pull apart what we believe and why we believe what we believe, but also some of the unfortunate things that have happened to us along the way that have shaped us into who we are, but unfortunate um, things that we've encountered as a couple and now as a married couple. Right, babe? Right. So today I say let's, uh, let's start off by talking about how you and I met. Okay. Well, you sent me a friend request on Facebook. Yes. And I accepted it. Of course, I thought you were hot. I loved your long hair. Um, But we played picture tag for a couple days. And then we started talking. And we met like a day or two after we messaged each other. Met at Starbucks in Greenfield. Yes, and you were living in Shelbyville at the time. Yes. I was in Muncie with all the uh, methamphetamine and just gratitude. (laughs) Yes, I was living in Shelbyville. Um, Had my, it was just me and my three kids living in our apartment. And just, yeah, trying to make ends meet. I was up here with uh, Michaela, my daughter, who was 15 at the time. Yes. Um, I was a full-time pastor at a church uh, in Muncie on the more, like, well-to-do side, I guess you could say, the more white side. Uh, (laughs) That's not a pun. That's more of a stab. (laughs) But uh, I was a full-time pastor 
at the time where I had been uh, at that church for what at that time? 12 years? 11 years 11 really years. at that time, yeah. So and you were I was a a hairstylist at Great Clips and I had been with Great Clips um for about 9 years off and on. And I was also um, waiting tables at the Bluebird in Morristown, which is my hometown where I'm actually from. So, all right, let's, like, get into some, like, because this is all topical, like, dumb shit. Let's get into, like, what was really going on, like, with you and I when we first met. Okay. Um, well, I had been coming out of a relationship that lasted about two years, Um well, when we met, I had been single for a year, um, but yes, the relationship that I was in was not a good one, and we'll get more in detail later with that, but um, so yeah, I was just trying so, to heal from that, I guess. <laughs> we met in February of 2018, correct? Yes. Yeah, because it's 2020 right now. Mm-hmm. I still have to like think of that shit. But we met um, in February of 2018. My first wife passed away in October of 2016 when Michaela was 14. Um, after a long battle with all sorts of diseases and just a bunch of bullshit. Um, so, like, where I was at at the time, I kind of, like, you know, I really started seeing uh, other women and things like that about, you know, within really probably like eight or nine months after she passed away. Um, and it was really just kind of like getting back into trying to be happy and and go on with life as best as possible. But it was like a learning experience because, you know, I hadn't really been with anybody else since I was 19. So at that time I was 35. And... Um, it was a really weird experience because I was a full-time pastor. I was an assistant pastor at this church. And uh, the church was a very, at one time, a very unique church that was really filled with all different kinds of people, um, different backgrounds. There was like single parents, empty nesters, retirees, college kids, young families, old families, left, right, right homosexual. So it was a church that you actually felt comfortable in. Yeah, yeah. It was a church that I felt comfortable in, but at the same time I hated um, because I never really felt comfortable in church. But what you're saying, I did. I felt comfortable in it. And then over the course of time, there was a a leadership change and um, the church started to become uh, just more of a typical, traditional Midwestern church that you see on pretty much every corner. Like at one time it was filled with a lot of Christian anarchists, a lot of people that were uh, had no desire to just kind of take up space and um, they were more concerned about impacting their community and uh, having a presence, walking with their Lord in that context. How was a typical like Sunday when the church was like that? Um, well, there was a lot of people at that time. You know, there was over like 1,200 people at one point. There was a program called an internship, and it was really cool. It was similar to like a seminary or Bible school, except it was free, and you could work in the coffee roasting business, and you would make a few hundred bucks a week, and that's where I learned how to roast coffee. And for many years, that's where 
how I got paid. It necessarily wasn't from the church. It was for roasting coffee. Um, but it was filled with like a bunch of very passionate, half crazy, half pissed off, loving people. Um, not that it was like this picture perfect church because I don't think that exists just because of the human condition. But um, it was definitely a church that didn't worry about, you know, like the, a lot of churches, you'll find these things like right up front, you know, and it's more of the things that they're so-called against. And that's like the disheartening thing in the church where, in my opinion, my faith, it should uh, kind of proclaim the things that I, that I care about, the things that I love, the things that I would want to walk towards, like compassion, um, taking care of the sick, the homeless, the beaten, the downtrodden, things like that, rather than the things that were so-called anti-abortion, um, which obviously was never anti-abortion. It's not that easy of a concept, in my opinion. Uh, homosexuality, same-sex marriage, things like that, immigration. Um, in my opinion, I don't understand uh, the status quo of the church's stance on that. And there were some people in the church that had the typical, traditional, Judeo-Christian, Christian right uh, stance on that. But there was a lot of us that didn't, and that was comforting, you know? Well, if Jesus existed today, wouldn't he be an immigrant? Well, yeah, I mean... If he was tangibly on this earth, yes, he would be an immigrant. <laughs> and he's a Jew. That's, that's the thing. My Hebrew Jewish savior. I don't yeah, absolutely. Understand. Well, <laughs> and, and we'll get into that later because, like, I don't think it's. I think there's more gray areas um, than there are black and white. But I also think that, like, just within my belief system, it's unfortunate because I don't call myself a Christian, and I don't know if I've ever called myself a Christian. Maybe. Uh, in my younger adult life, I might have for a brief time, uh, but I just always consider myself a follower of Jesus. Uh, the connotation Christian to me holds something very different than what I subscribe or adhere to, or even what makes me feel comfortable, you know? Yeah. So I was doing that. We met. I remember, like, seeing your picture, I sent you a friend request, and you started liking, you know, after some time, it didn't happen immediately, but you started liking some of my pictures. Yes, I accepted your friend request, and I liked a couple of your pictures, and then you would like a couple of mine, and I started noticing this little pattern, so I remember seeing you had this patchouli plant, and I remember commenting on that because I thought that was pretty awesome, because I love patchouli. My mom wore patchouli when I was growing up. I remember that patchouli plant. Ryan and Stephanie mm -hmm. Remington bought me that plant. Mm -hmm. But I remember you starting to like some of my pictures. I was with Thrasher at Savages, and we were hanging out, and it was that kind of, I don't know, I'm not like a, I never have been kind of the dude that like, you know, let's go out and hit on some chicks, like type thing, that kind of like, I'm not the alpha male, you know, <laughs> uh, at all. Alpha males always kind of, like, made me feel uncomfortable. Um, I'd rather hang out with a gay kid that was, like, making fun of everybody because of what they wore or how they talked. I always thought that was cooler and funnier. But I remember 
that night being with Thrasher, and I was just like so self-absorbed because I kept like, and I fucking hate Facebook, mm-hmm. but I kept like checking my Facebook like I was some. Yeah. Well, I remember. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Well, I remember. You know, I had been single for a year and hadn't talked to anybody. I didn't date. You know, it was just me and my kids. And I was scared, you know. And I was looking, you know, because honestly, most guys or men that I had experienced or experience with, even just sending me a message or a friend request on Facebook were all jackasses, you know. So... I remember looking through your profile and looking through your pictures and I, you know, realized that you had um, a wife who had passed away. So I was, um, you know, I was, I was like, wow. And then, um, yeah. What did that like make you feel like when you first came across that? Like be totally transparent here because I know we've talked about this a lot, but I'm so curious, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, 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 like, I wasn't really sure. I mean, I, it wasn't anything negative for sure because I was reading through your comments and I noticed Michaela, your daughter, and I had realized that, um, you know, you guys had been married for a long time. And, um, um, sorry, we were having some technical difficulties, but yes, um, I noticed you guys had been married for a long time and that was, that was, I noticed that and that is something that did attract me to you because I was like, well, this is terrible. This man has lost his wife. And of course I didn't know how or what happened. But you have been married for a long time, at least 15 years, you know, because I, you know, could, you know, see pictures of Michaela or whatever. But, um, and then I was reading through comments and, you know, everything I read was positive and I could tell you were super into music and you had a lot of friends and you were social. So everything that I noticed about you was definitely positive and I was intrigued (laughs) yes yes so um let's see yes um we kept liking each other's pictures and then I have thousands of pictures on my Facebook you literally have or had like 40 if that and I was like, I'm going to run out of pictures to like. And I told myself, all right, I'm not going to send him a message unless he likes one more picture. And then sure enough, he did. So I remember I sent you a message at like 30, 9 o'clock in the morning and said, I'm going to run out of pictures to like. And that was my first message to you. And then you responded pretty shortly after that. Yeah, I remember that because the phone was like right next to my head. Like laying in bed. Yep. Well, I remember that day. I was actually, I had an, I was going to make an appointment um, with Adam Stoner at the Rue Morgue in Franklin for my neck tattoo. And I just remember talking that day. And then, um, actually, I 
went to a, when I was in Franklin, I went to like a little tea, like um, cafe, and I was sending you pictures of the different teas that they had, and then you were sending me pictures of the caffeinery. Yeah, I was in there talking with Frank about something dumb. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Which is what me and Frank do (laughs) at the caffeinery. I thought that was pretty cool how we were like in a similar place at the same time. Yeah, so basically what happened was we met up the next day at Starbucks in Greenfield, and, um, you know, I don't know. I was like, I mean, I was nervous as hell, but at the same time, like, I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't either. I think that happens, like, with most people, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember pushing back the time. Yeah, why did you push back the time? Because you were nervous, or was it real? Like, you really Well, no, I think... Because I needed more time to get Flynn to the babysitter, maybe, Uh, or something like that. I don't really remember, but I think to just give me more time to not feel rushed. You know, we we met up, we hung out for like, what, an hour? Mm -hmm. I remember uh, I already had sleep tickets because sleep was going to be playing in Indy, and that was like a huge thing for us Muncie people. (laughs) But it just, and sleep, like coming to play and is a big deal because they hardly ever toured and i had no idea who sleep was yeah you had no idea who sleep was and i remember i bought your i was like you got to go to the show with this This it's gonna be amazing and it was but i bought your ticket when we were at that uh, starbucks yeah i was pretty shocked when you did that yeah because why knew like you know one of these days you're like hey i saw sleep (laughs) most people be like you what (laughs) <laughs> like, no, like sleep, the band, you know, like it's a band. Yeah. And it's well, amazing. <laughs> well, sleep is like worship music. That's like, the kind of music that should be played in churches. Right. And Ohm. I like Ohm a lot. And I like yeah. sleep. Yeah. I mean, definitely good stoner music. But I remember like when you bought me that ticket, I was literally shocked. Like, because I have not, I had, I wasn't used to that. Even just just meeting you and someone buying me a ticket to go to a show, I was just... Well, my hope was that I bought you a ticket and your clothes would come off, babe. <laughs> that seems like the ideal trade-off, right? <laughs> I bought you a sleep ticket. You can at least take your clothes off. <laughs> I'm just joking. I know, babe. Well, Everybody wasn't that long like, after, babe. such a sexist asshole. No, so basically what happened, we I came to your apartment uh, the following day, the following night, like the next day, that evening. Yeah. I drove to Shelbyville. Yeah, I had just gotten off work. Yes, and as I was entering Shelbyville, I'd never been there before. Yeah. That I could think of. You're not missing much. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, Muncie is... We're trying. I like Muncie. I know. I mean, but you I, grew I, up here. I know. I like Muncie too. Because you'd probably be the same way if you were in Shelbyville. You'd be like, I yeah. like Shelbyville. But I mean, like Muncie, you know, like for what it is, it has a lot. Like there's some ethnic restaurants here. I love the food here. Village like, Green Records mm. in Ball State is the shit. Savages, the Hurrah, the Fickle Peach. Uh, what else? The caffeinery, obviously. Um, 
but yeah, for like what it is, you know, there's a like Maiden Muncie, Torrance Scott's Pottery Place. Like, there's a lot of things here that like you normally wouldn't find in a town this size. And of course, like there's like the Cup and like Ball State University. Obviously, is a pretty yeah big unit. I mean, it's a twenty thousand plus student population. Yeah, it's a very diverse area and yeah. very artsy. Yeah, I mean, for like what it is, you know, like I Muncie's cool. I, you know, it's, it's not that I dislike Muncie, it's, but it's more of just like I've been here. So, you know, I mean, I, I have, I'm at odds with a lot of the leadership just because, you know, I mean, our last mayor was arrested by the FBI and Woo. so were a lot of people. Yeah. It's just like poor leadership and the school system suck and my daughter's in the school system and now our kids are in the school system. Yeah. And it's it, just a... Yeah. Yeah. But, like, Muncie in general, though, is, like, it's a cool place. It could be... I always think, like, it could be a lot worse. Oh, hell yeah. We could be in, like... I mean, also... I, I could, could be name in some Gary. Places. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we could be in Gary. But, like, we could be in some places that are really close to here, too, that, like, would suck. Like where? Like Newcastle. Oh, yeah. Nothing against Newcastle <laughs> people, but, or like... Or Anderson. Yeah. Nothing against <laughs> Anderson people, but, like, it would suck. Yeah. Some people are like, oh, you live, like... You know, we're like downtown basically in Muncie and shit happens all the time, you know. We yeah. do hear gunshots, you do hear stuff. Sirens but I would say all that's, the damn time. Yeah. But I would say that's like everywhere in a Midwestern town this size that used to be run by like the auto industry. Yeah. Well, and we're right down the street from the hospital, so. Yeah. But I definitely can't wait until we move farther away because it is noisy. Yeah. But the thing with Muncie is there's a lot of cool people here. Oh, yeah. You know? There's a lot of people that, like, I think Indiana in general, a lot of people think of Mike Pence and things like that. Um, but it, it's like if you look a little bit deeper underneath all of that in Indiana, especially, like, in Muncie, there's a lot of people that are not content with the right, the Christian right and the religious right and all that stuff. There's a lot more uh, left-leaning, liberal thinking, progressive thinking. Um, even in the church, there you'll find some of that here. You, it's less in the church, but you'll definitely find a lot of people like that, which is, you know, we fit in with a lot of that shit. But getting back to where we were, so we started seeing each other. I remember going to your apartment being nervous as hell, chain smoking the whole <laughs> way down there. You yeah. know, I was a smoker at the time too, so. Or no, I wasn't. No, you. Weren't. I wasn't. I didn't start smoke. <laughs> I did start smoking again though when we were going to the sleep show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember like we go into the sleep show and as soon as we we went to was it the sinking ship before? I, I think so. Like well, I don't us. think I think it was before we ate because Stephanie was in the back seat. Yeah. And I think we stopped at a gas station or something, and I was just like, we were driving down four sixty five or or was it four sixty five or sixty nine? I don't even remember. I don't know, but I was like, "Can I have a cigarette?" And you looked at me like, Are "You sure? You just passed your year." Yeah. <laughs> I'm like yes. We don't smoke anymore, but I yeah. sure as hell love smoking. I miss. I it wish sometimes. I could smoke like I was twenty one again. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. I do miss smoking, and I, I mean, honestly, I enjoyed it, but it's just terrible for you. Yeah. And when you quit smoking and you smell it on other people, you're like, that's uh, what I, I smell like. 
but damn it, mm-hmm. it was so fun. But anyway, so we start seeing each other. I mean, there was a time where it was like, even though you lived an hour and a half south of me, um, you were driving like every other day. Yeah, like on the weekends that I didn't have my kids, they would be at their dad's. Well, I would have Flynn. Um, but, yeah. but Haley and Silas would go to their dads and I would come to you or you would come to me. And like, we took a lot of that slow to where. Mm-hmm. I, oh yeah. You, you know, didn't meet my kids until after we had been together for a month. Yeah. And you didn't meet Michaela, you know, for that time. And obviously I met Flynn cause he was just a little over a year old, Yeah, but you know, it was definitely, that was like a weird time though, because like you do in this day and age you and I started like it was we were exclusive like right from the get-go yeah I mean we basically started you know we were together right away yeah like I bought you that sleep ticket and your fucking pants came off and it was amazing your shirt came off like Matt Pike had a sleep high and high on fire show just came right the fuck off it was amazing (laughs) no I'm just joking but like no we uh we're pretty like quick to become exclusive and which was you know just was the right thing to do and felt like the right way and it just was right felt right yeah I know one thing like that was different that you were stable I mean you had a lot of shit that you had come out of and so did I but as we were going forward like you do nowadays you become you know, you say you're in a relationship on fucking Facebook. And that's when shit started getting weird for me because now um, my job, you know, is like I'm under fire at my job. And and I was already suspect. So, like, I think this is, like, a really good point because, like, a lot of shit's getting ready to happen to just start. So you and I are together. Um, I'm this pastor you're this pagan um, woman who has three kids, and I'm this guy who has a teenage daughter, and I'm this full-time pastor at this very conservative, typical, mundane Christian church, you know, for lack of a better term. So I think, like, the next part, we should stop this, and then we will start again. So this is going to be a two-part episode. Yeah. And then we will, when we start next, we will take off with what happened next. Yeah, once we became official. Yeah. Thanks for listening. You can contact us at our email, thepastorandthewitchpodcast at gmail.com. And keep an eye out on our Facebook page for upcoming episodes. And you can also contact us on our new website at thepastorandthewitch.com.